okay i should probably introduce the show before i start getting onto all this sort of stuff so um hello welcome to indian insight um i would usually go through a full spiel now of kind of what the podcast's about but usually it's kind of devolved into just a chatty mess six minutes in it's been a great start thanks for coming on cameron really appreciate it for those who don't know but i'm surprised i'd be surprised if none of you do know cameron is one of the co-hosts of the uh, hall of gamers podcast here on twitch as well which you should all go and check out and i'll have all the links to that readily available after the show so that's an incentive to stick around <laughs> um <laughs> how are you getting on cameron how's it going yeah no i'm doing good just yeah. enjoying the weekend what have you been up to recently? Been up to anything crazy or exciting or anything that you know we should be taking note of, really? Uh, this week, pretty much, I'm doing like a course in social media marketing. Okay. So I've just been blitzing through that. Um, what else? Uh, for some reason, I picked up a guitar just to get all the Rocksmith DLC for the original game. Not that's too. That's going to be my motivation next year to actually learn guitar. <laughs> um. Which, yeah, of course, like, if there's anything to motivate me to actually learn how to play an instrument, it's going to be achievements. Um, and then past that, yeah, we're, we're typical. Um, past that, yeah, not really much. Just uh, Age of Empires 2, just to get ready for Age of Empires 4, and uh, finishing off Forza Horizon 1 and 2 to get ready for 5. Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, Connor, what about yourself? What have you been up to? Uh well I've just finished my first work uh my first week at my new job so I I changed from kitchen work to office work and you know that's yeah breath of fresh air to be honest got my evenings and my weekends I'm working nine to five but it's much less tiring work so uh been able to play a bit bit of games on my downtime um I expect I'll talk about what I'll be playing what I've been playing um but you very kindly sent me your ps4 Aldrin, now that you've upgraded to the ps5 very much uh and i've been uh playing spider-man recently which is you know ah oh, mm. yeah i've missed out i've definitely missed out i will say but, connor has made it sound like i am a like a charity giver and i've given him my ps4 no he did in fact pay for it so don't treat me too kindly <laughs> <laughs> well sending anything from ireland to the uk is a is a risky business mm. That's it, yeah. But it, it arrived and yeah, been enjoying myself very much. Thankfully. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose before we move on to like all the kind of different bits and pieces that I've taken down the last five minutes before the show started, I, I do I do want to say one thing and, you know, very, very personally offended of Amano's camera that the Holo Gamers podcast account didn't follow us until 12 minutes ago. Um, I thought that that would have been hey, a... Look, 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 I'm... <laughs> I barely use Twitch other than just when we're streaming mm-hmm. uh, on that account. Uh, I, I'll use Shadowless pretty much for everything, which you were followed on. Which I was, so yes. Fine. appreciate uh, And then Twitter, Twitter is just like followed everything on everything. Of course, yeah. Um, though, yeah, I don't know why I kind of came for you like that. Good response, good response. <laughs> appreciate it. Usually people are caught off guard, but, you know, fair play. Um, maybe uh, walk us through a little bit for the odd chance that there's someone in the listening to this now that doesn't know what Hall of Gamers is, kind of kind of give us a brief oversight of what you guys do and kind of what it's all about. Okay, so the I guess the short story is me and Matt uh, were originally in part of a community called Real Games School, which was a podcast that was run by Kirby, Chin Doctor, Tarragon, uh, ZZM, Spaceman, and Alex, which is Professor Pluto. And they basically just broke down like what achievements were, like what's a good game to score, all those kind of topics. Um, about 30 or 40 episodes in, me and Matt both uh, guest started on two separate episodes. And I think by episode 50 or 60, the original host had to step away from the podcast because they had different commitments. Um, the start of the year pandemic, uh, Kirby was working with a lot of COVID. Uh, related testing so he was working like crazy hours to keep up with uh, the demand there Uh, Alex had his first child which uh, didn't really lead to having the ability to do a podcast and just Tarragon decided to step away from his own accord Um, so pretty much we just took over made it a bit of our own thing and by the end of I think we got up to like episode 143 the last like 40 or so episodes we just experimented with the show 
starting getting guests uh, like you guys on just to try and find a little bit more of uh, our own style for the show. And that led us to eventually opening up and starting the Hall of Gamers podcast, mm -hmm. which was our take on that original format that we used to have of Real Gamer Score, but doing it in a such a capacity that we could interview people from the community and not just be entirely achievement hunters, but get interesting guests on that might have um, a whole different like view on how they game. Because we're a, we're a very niche of a niche uh, doing achievements. Uh, but then you've got like speed running communities. Uh, you've got people that just like go for serious completions. Uh, you got people that will go for the hardest achievements on the console and just concentrate on those. Uh, just finding how like in certain communities, how different gamers uh, interacted with each other. And then at the same time, like how they differed mm. in going into those kind of details. Yeah, well, you had us on, so it definitely was a big step away from <laughs> Achievement Hunters, if I'm honest. Because <laughs> up until recently, I think I just passed 50k gamer score, and that was through just pure perseverance for no other reason than to just be like, I can't go on another, I can't watch another Hall of Gamers podcast and be at the bottom of that leaderboard again. Actually, I will say the, the one month that I went to, because I, I set a challenge to double my gamer score, which at the time was like yep. 38,000. And I didn't make it, but I got to 51. And I was, you know, I was happy enough with that. I was fine. And then the month after you decided to open up that um, that leaderboard then. So my yep. my hard work wasn't even acknowledged on the <laughs> podcast at the end. <laughs> the I think one... it was like last week or the week before where it was like, all right, we'll give you the wooden spoon award along yeah. with three others. Mm. But, I remember, um, um, yeah, I remember there was a... Um, Connie, you can talk about this well because I remember uh, there was one month where if you got like you could get up to ten thousand gamer score and that would translate into I think was it was it Xbox points or something you could get yeah like Microsoft points card. yeah yeah <laughs> I remember for one month there was you and a guy we know called Desudo who were like fighting over who got the most gamer score that month and I thought oh my god these guys are like eight thousand score ahead of us and then ever since adding you and Matt Cameron it's just been like <laughs> oh I wonder where everyone's on the leaderboard this week and then it'll be like someone like 120 gamer score and then in first place will be like you or Matt with like 16,000 gamer score or something just ahead of me and it's just like oh hmm. beautiful stuff yeah no never getting to that realm ever again of completion see was like I like Matt's crazy with it. Like uh, Mephisto, like I'm pretty sure he said when he was on the show last week, Mephisto, who's number one in Australia, challenged him for the gauntlet for Oceanic. Mm. And then just the last few weeks, he just pumped up like crazy numbers. I think it was like 100 and, <laughs> 150,000 gamer score over like four weeks, something like that. Casually, yeah. Which he hates at the same time, but he will do it just to keep the, I guess the gold trophy at the end of the day. Whereas in me, I'm, I like to piss people off because I don't go for the completions. I will play like a little bit and pieces of like all games just to mm. get to experience it and tell the community like what's good, what's what you can avoid. Yeah. But um, which I get a lot of flack for. What but, What do you do when you play a game and there's like you you put like three hours in and you haven't got a single achievement? Because I've played I've ton of games where like you're just playing it and no achievements are popping at all it, it depends do you get on annoyed the game. like it, it really depends on the game like i know that when i did the uh game pass hall of fame challenge how i was doing that was getting an achievement to mark my progress in each game so i knew i started that game stellaris on pc has a very fun community uh it's basically like space, uh, space exploration um i could not get an achievement for the life of me i had to right. go into their discord basically say like look i'm in an hour into the game like what's the easiest way to do that and then they got really offended when i told them i was going to get one achievement and then uninstall the game and then move on <laughs> in my life yeah callie has just mentioned in the the chat as well connor that you not get an achievement three hours sounds like an excuse what callie said it sounds like an excuse that you're giving out better well, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I think at the end of the day, if it's taking three hours to get a single achievement in a game, mm. it's either there's no achievements in the game for full stop because it's a PC stack or um, it's just poor like game design. Like 
I, I view achievements in pretty much of a make a good list because if you make a good list, it's going to keep uh, people more engaged with your game. Like a good list to me is like doing the whole story, getting like 85% of the achievements mm. and the last 15% might be like going out of your way to do like extra tasks or that the developers kind of put in. Actually on that, you know, say for a game like, like Grounded, because it, it came out initially and didn't have any achievements and then they added them in later on. Was that a game you you naturally avoided until there was achievements added or did you just kind of go back to it after playing it maybe a bit? I, I Look, I have personally avoided it because it's pretty much a case of if I have if I have all these games behind me with achievements, why would I go for a game that I'm like only somewhat interested in? I can hmm. wait until there's a full release. Um, but I know other people in the community that you know, they might be a bit more strapped on the budget and all that. We'll go in, play it for a bit because then when it gets its 1.0 update, they've already made that progress already. Mm-hmm. So wait, so out of like, say, your favorite games then, which ones would you like? Because obviously the achievements play a big role in you playing some of the new games, but yeah. they're not like the core element of like you playing games in general. So what would be your favorite games that if they came out with without achievements, you'd still play? uh forza horizon it, it it's gonna go for the main three for me that uh just nostalgic to me because i've played them mm-hmm. for so long now it would be the forza horizon series because that's i've spent over two thousand hours in all the games uh it would be age of empires 2 because i started playing that when i was seven years old mm-hmm. back in uh, 99 uh or it would be halo because halo 3 was the very first experience that i had mm-hmm. on um on 360 and i made a lot of my friends around 2014 2015 just from playing halo mcc yeah i I think we should point out as well that cameron you are like one of the few people i know that has done every achievement on halo mcc yeah and i'm i'm tempted to start the chinese (laughs) version because there is a stack oh dear god why (laughs) would you bother why would you want to like like i don't know I, i haven't gotten through the campaigns on legendary yet let alone be thinking about doing how mods. did you do halo 2 lasso uh there is uh mods on pc no all right all right, all right. Le- legitimately you cheated back, is what you're saying back <laughs> <laughs> back when uh maybe uh i guess it depends on how you look at it and i i look at it as probably definitely cheated um back in 2014 2015 like whenever the game first came out uh there were lasso checkpoints going around so because the game was in such a buggy mess, people actually found out there was a way to checkpoint. Um, if somebody got to like the final chapter, sorry, the final level in Halo 1 or Halo 2, as long as you paid, uh, played through the full level with that person with the checkpoint, the achievement would unlock for the whole campaign. So I did Lasso 1 and 2 legit and Lasso 3 and 4, the checkpoint saves after the cutscene. So all you have to do is join somebody else's game, the cutscene loads up, and then it's 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 done. It's popped. I've significantly lost a lot more respect for you now, Cameron, having <laughs> found that out. I thought you grew through that. I was going to be like, fair play to him, but no. Three and four yeah. as well are probably the easier ones. Every, everyone's yeah. walking to Mount Doom and um, took the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> in my defense, um, in terms of that, the only... The only achievements I have really modded for in Halo MCC would be one, two, three, and four. Uh, sorry, pretty much all the lassos because of how difficult they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've attempted to do it legitimate a few times, but then back when it first came out, it was in such a buggy mess. Like yes. I have definitely gone to the elevator in the mall at least like eight or nine times, had a hard crash at the console, and then just went like, all right, I'm going to use mods now because, like, what's what's the other option? Well, I'm some of gonna... the some of the skulls are crazy. I mean, Halo Two, like all all enemies are invisible. Like, how are you supposed to do that? See, a lot of a lot of them, a lot of them, I've done legit. Um, Halo Two is probably the only one that's really challenging, uh, and I think the only problem I have with it too is. I found really good players to play with from overseas, but Halo 2 having uh, Iron Skull on Legendary automatically, it, it's not fun. 
I can slog my way through any other campaign, but Halo 2, it's near impossible to pull off like grenade jumps, that kind of stuff, like a lot of the skips. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the, the problem is Halo 1 and 2, you can still only play two players, right? Hmm. So the rest, uh, you can get like three other really good players and kind of try and storm through it, but Halo 1 and 2, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Even like Halo 1 is... Halo 1, the only roadblock I really have is just understanding where you are on the map. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it is recycled assets, so it's like... Yeah. No, I, have, I, I, never, I never have a problem. I don't no, know what you're talking about. Shut up, Connor. <laughs> I've, I've been playing that game since I was like, what, five? Yeah. Don't talk to me about getting lost on scene. Um, <laughs> what is it? The, the, the Pillar of Autumn, uh, up to Truth and Wreck... Uh, Truth and Wreck. And then basically the more, like, I don't want to do assault on the control room. I don't want to do the library. I don't, like, library's okay because I know where I'm going. But assault on the control room and do two portrayals, do my head in every single time I play them. It's just two betrayals, too similar. Is two betrayals the one where you go to rescue Captain Keys? No. Which one? That's no. Keys. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that yeah. would make sense, wouldn't <laughs> it? <laughs> uh, assault on the control room, you follow the arrows. Two betrayals, you mm-hmm. go against the arrows. Because you're going back on yourself. Yeah. Oh God, no! I just I can't can't handle playing CE if I'm honest with you anymore. <laughs> I load it up I, and I'm like the, the the trauma of trying to find my way around rooms and CE actually puts me off. But the same with Halo Two. I love yeah, that. I, I love that they weren't brave enough to be like Cortana goes. Oh, the arrows are changing color and changing direction on this map that we've already walked through. Yeah. What strange forerunner protocol. Um. I want to move on to some little bits of uh, pieces that came up this week, uh, either as releases or just kind of different trailers and bits and pieces that I kind of thought might be interesting to talk about, because I know we are kind of cut for time today because Connor's a busy man and has to go off and do his bits and pieces. Um, well, I, I can stay a little bit later. Okay, okay. Right. So I want to jump just in quickly. Just for me, I feel honored. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to jump into this quickly because uh, last week, I can't remember if we talked about with, at least I can't remember if I talked about with Matt about the, the Resident Evil um, film trailer, uh, which a lot of people were divided on. I am somewhat in the middle of because I don't really play Resident Evil, but I thought this looks cheesy and I'll probably watch it. Um, speaking of video game movies came out this week, though, the Uncharted movie trailer. Did anyone see it? And what are their initial thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. yeah. Go on, Cameron, do, Cameron, do you have thoughts? I, I can't separate Tom Holland from, uh, from Spider-Man. Mm. It no. just it if it was any two other actors, I think it would be okay. But there was something just jarring about seeing Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg there. Yeah, I don't know why Mark Wahlberg, but it just did not feel right. Come mm. you. What do you think? I think that Tom Holland is the wrong choice. He, yeah. he looks far too young. He doesn't look like Nathan Drake. If anything, Mark Wahlberg is a better fit. Um. I I I think that uh, obviously the the plane scene looks good. Uh, you know, it, it has the potential to you know get the locations right, have some good action scenes. I'm not a huge Uncharted fan. I, I, the games are alright. I like them. Um, I think it translates well to film. I just think that choosing the protagonist, I have to ask why they went with Holland. I mean, they've they've purposely gone for a younger casting with both Sully and Nathan Drake which is a shame. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe it's too early to say. I, I'd almost be happy if there was a plot twist where um, Tom Holland died and uh, Mark Wahlberg took over. <laughs> wow. Um, there's I, a... I, <laughs> what an awful like... thing to say. <laughs> just point that out first. No, Tom in the Holland film... Died. In the film, not oh. outside. <laughs> look, look, I, 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 I'm not going to say... I more likelihood... I'm not going to say anything about that happening in Spider-Man. Well, yeah. <laughs> getting yeah. like news just in. Connor wants Tom Arnold to die <laughs> so Mark Wahlberg can play Nathan Drake. I, I'm not going to. I'm I, not going to say anything about people dying on sets after this week. Oh, like, true. I, yeah. I, I have no. Yeah. I don't want that to happen at no. all. Yeah. Um, can I? Can I move quickly? Of it, and actually go on camera yeah. first. I was going to quickly just add, I wouldn't be surprised if they chose Tom Holland just because of, like, he he does a, quite a few of his own stunts, right? 
I think so. Well, maybe like, the, the Spider-Man stunts are I wouldn't imagine would be like Tom Cruise level stuff. Well, well, no, but I I don't know if that level of I guess flexibility in him as an actor, like he's already done mm. that kind of stuff before, whether that lends to it a bit more. No, I think it's actor. a case of PlayStation or Sony. Sony wants to adapt PlayStation games into films. Sony have already used Tom Holland for Spider-Man. They're bringing them over to Uncharted. I think it's it's a case of them knowing someone already. It's a bit of a shame, I think, mm. that they couldn't use someone else. But So when we eventually get a God of War movie and it's played by Kratos is played by Tom Holland, <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be a step too far? I think and Tom boy, Holland should um, be what... Uh, Loki yeah, will be Zendaya as well. Um, I, I actually... I think the reason, because uh, I know a lot of people have been thrown out because there was the Uncharted short fan film that was made a while back with Nathan Fillion. And I know a load of people have been throwing mm-hmm. his name. Up, like, why didn't they pick him? Why didn't they pick him? And then somebody else was pointing out, um, who's the guy that plays Poe Dameron in the more recent Star Wars films? Oscar Isaacs? Yeah, that's it. But <laughs> this is going to really prove my point after not remembering his name. People, I think they picked Tom Holland because of name recognition, realistically, over anything mm-hmm. else. Because it like... Let's be honest, like Uncharted is not like, yeah, it's big in the gaming community and probably big with PlayStation fans. But outside of that, like it's like to the average cinema goer, it's probably just going to look like another like, uh, like what's that movie called? Is it National Treasure? It's called like it's oh, just yeah, going to be yeah. another one of those sorts of movies that people aren't really going to be or another Indiana Jones like Sick. knockoff, you know. So I, I think what they're trying to do, like Mark Wahlberg is a pretty well-known actor, same with Tom Holland. So they're probably going with that name recognition for the sake of it. Although, uh, granted, I don't think he's the best choice. I imagine Tom Holland has has quite a huge fan following after Spider-Man, so I can see audiences have they across. said? Have they said what the rating is? Like, is this going to be like a parental guidance? Like a I feel PG like it, take kids? I imagine it'd be like a 12. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I, go. I don't think I, I feel like it's a missed opportunity if they if they just went for a younger demographic though. Like is, it like is like honestly, and this is this is full honestly coming from someone who's like played a bit of the first Uncharted and then not touched it since. But like, mm. it, it's not really a like an eighteen game. What like, about fifteen? I mean, it's surely shooting yeah, a lot of people. Do like a mature yeah. audience, this kind of thing. Yeah, but usually like. 12 in cinema will only get you to 12 if you like have maybe a bit of bad language and like a few gunshots like oh, if there was I, um i saw venom last weekend venom was 15 yeah but, oh yeah true yeah venom's a weird one but then if you look at like dunkirk dunkirk is a movie about war and like people getting shot and everything and it's like a 12 rating well, it's historical yeah it's but apparently hmm. actually funny enough i found out recently that nolan's films are all 12 ratings there's no like even yeah and do you want to know why the reason for that a lot of the time is is because if somebody gets shot or anything in a film you won't see any blood which oh, yeah. i thought is really weird and it's really jarring in dunkirk because there's people getting blown up and then there's like no sense of them actually just being blown up but they just look like rag dolls um but uh, yeah i thought that was really weird that no that that was a thing so i imagine that that That's bit the in the dark night where like the exploding phone ringing inside the guy's belly and like you can see it and then he like blows up that still haunts me i don't know yeah what 12 year olds are watching that <laughs> if, if, if zach snyder directed that there would have been blood on the windows or something at the end of it yeah probably. and it'd be in like a four by three aspect ratio of course but like yeah i don't know the uncharted movie is a weird one I, i'm see i'm not invested enough in uncharted to be annoyed by the casting of tom holland either so i'm kind of i'll probably go see it i probably will have a good time at it i don't think it'll be anything to write on by I imagine it'll be the same as the Tomb Raider film. Like, it'll come out. It won't be so awful that people will be like, to remember that? But they'll just forget about it because it was pretty mundane at the same time. Um, Any other thoughts on Uncharted before we moved on? I, I would like to watch it. Now hmm. that we've talked about it, and, you know, I I, I kind of, you know, I know Tom Holland. I think that's that's a nice thing. It's a sort of familiarity. Like, I know him from Spider-Man now. Um, And I, you know, I know Uncharted. So, yeah, I'd like to see it. But... Yeah whether it delivers this different thing yeah, yeah. i am also as well i know very... oh, go on i was gonna say i'm interested but just based off the trailer i'm already thinking this is going to be like a six out of ten kind of film yeah like it's just going to be like okay and then just forgotten about easily like pretty much every other video game movie mm. um so speaking of we talked to 
I mentioned earlier the Resident Evil movie trailer. Did anyone else see some of the gameplay footage for Resident Evil VR that came out this week? I I am um, I think it's, it looks quite good. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I saw the one where uh, I haven't played Resident Evil Four in so long, but like mm. when you're going back on the staircase for the shotgun. Yeah. Like I saw that gameplay uh, footage and that looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Connor, yeah. thoughts? You're kind of a biggish yeah. Resident Evil fan. I, yeah, I haven't actually played Resident Evil 4, but every time I've seen someone play it, it looks kind of like a standard uh, action horror, you know, like Dead Space, but kind of more fast paced and, you know, kind of action y. This in VR, like with everything coming at you, it, it looks great. I think that sense of dread where there are actual things in front of you and you have to put up the gun to shoot them, I think it's sort of injecting horror back into like a, a, a well-loved classic mm-hmm. um i think it looks great yeah. are, are we also talking about the film are we just talking about vr just, just the vr just the VR. yeah no i i think for people that have vr that, that's probably a must isn't it yeah i am um, i actually think vr is at the perfect stage to host something like resident evil 4 at this stage because if i think back to like original resident evil 4 the the main thing was that made that sort of scary was well first of all the the resource management but then also the element of like clunky controls that made it difficult to actually aim at someone and get a good shot off and then you'd have to move and get away and i think vr at this stage is yeah it's really good with like standing still and on the rail stuff but like trying to move around in vr can be quite difficult depending on what you know what control scheme you pick out so i think it's like i don't know maybe vr is at that perfect stage of clunky controls that will actually lend itself well to the resident evil 4 formula just let me play ce in vr i'll be very happy (laughs) Actually, speaking of VR, this is going to divert for a little bit, but did anyone see that there was a thing on Twitter this week where someone had recreated the Warthog run from Halo 3 in VR? And you could, like, drive through the whole thing in first person on a Warthog. I'll have to send you that, but it looks so good. I don't know if it's available to download or anything, but it looked really, really cool. That'd Um, be fantastic. Yeah. I did... See, Resident Evil's actually a weird one. Sorry, I've diverted back completely. This is real jarring, like, experience for anyone (laughs) listening to it, but... um, yeah resident evil is a strange one for me because it's like i quite like eight um and then anything before that i'm very iffy on so like even seven i kind of like but then i go back and i play like two three the first game they're not really my cup of tea and i understand that's a really like niche standpoint in the resident evil franchise because mm. so many people love those originals what, you like the action of eight do you yeah i the really kind of doominess but- I suppose it's not so much more the action because the action's pretty standard for an FPS game. I like the aesthetic of eight. I think it looks really good. Like, well, it's you'd, just... you'd probably love four mm-hmm. then if they do a four remake. Yeah, it does look like it'd be down my alley. Like I love the, I know the, I remember when eight came out and everyone's like, oh, the Duke is just like the merchant from four. And I was like, I don't know who that is, but appreciate you t- telling me that. <laughs> yeah, like... li- literally looking at four is like the castle and everything has just been updated and rebranded mm. there is some talk about a remaster for four though still isn't there and i don't know if that's actually going to happen because they've done the vr remake I, now. I hope so it would sell definitely oh yeah i mean like how many different uh consoles has ford been on now pretty mm. much just as many as skyrim has i remember i saw a really interesting thing once um somebody who's manually remastering the fourth game and because the way in which the fourth game is made it's made through um like pictures put onto then textures so like every steps you see be like actual picture of like some stone steps somebody has gone out of their way to like find where each asset originated from and gone out and taken high-res photos of them to then put into the game so they've manually upscaled everything oh wow. <laughs> it's it's, di- it's still under progress it's not complete by any stretch of the imagination but i just think imagine having that dedication like i just i think that's such a cool idea um I- yeah, I think we're, we're constantly seeing modders as you know very talented people. I think CDPR recently hired a bunch of modders to sort of rework cyber, Cyberpunk, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that they acquired Molasses today as well, mm. which was the team behind Flame in the Flood and Drake Hollow. Yeah, wow. I, I suppose they kind of do. I suppose they would need the extra manpower at the moment, given they have delayed the next gen updates to Cyberpunk well, and they- The Witcher, haven't they? They're working uh, yeah. on a separate. Uh, they're working on a separate project for them, but it's uh, under an existing IP. No. Okay. So it might just be like <laughs> CD Projekt Red are actually doing the new Splinter Cell game. 
<laughs> no, like existing um, IP for them. So VR the Cyberpunk or whichever. But mm. it'll be like uh, Matt was saying, it'd be interesting if they did something like how they did um, Frame Breaker, which was the Gwent kind of, not Gwent oh. entirely, but yeah, yeah. stylish one. Yeah, I don't know. I see. I'm still very like, I'm not hung up on CD Projekt Red because I haven't actually really played any of their games properly. Like I have The Witcher and I played like an hour into it and then just kind of left it and then never went back to it. I've never played Cyberpunk. Um, actually, funnily enough, I say I haven't played them. I have all three of The Witcher games on some platform or another and just haven't touched yeah. them. <laughs> it's just like I will get to them at some stage. I um, yeah, I tried to get into The Witcher, but I don't. I don't think it's really my thing. I'd have to be really feeling in a fantasy mood to get through it. I think yeah. I think that the, the world is intimidating. The amount of systems and everything. Yeah. yeah, I think the one thing I love about it, though, I think again the aesthetic kind of turns me on to it and i'm somebody who isn't like a big fantasy buff anyways so like i don't i've never watched lord of the rings i'm not a big fan of skyrim like that sort of stuff like i really like the the witcher netflix show um and i don't know if that's because henry cavill's in it and that kind of immediately just draws me to it um but i think the what's the other thing i was gonna say i yeah the witcher the witcher's music is really good I love the music in that game. I don't know mm. what it is about the sort of the folky, like Polish style they've got going on there. Because I realized recently there's like um, some of their tracks in the Witcher 3 game, like one of them, Silver for Monsters, it's called or whatever, was done by like a traditional Polish band at some point. And they've just adapted that in, which I think is like a really weird sort of cool way of doing music. I think they collaborate with them on it as well. Um, so I will have to play the Witcher um, at some point or another. I think the thing that puts me off it is basically like you have to book a holiday for games like that. Yeah. <laughs> like if you play it for a day and take it down for a week, you're going to forget all the systems immediately. Mm, like you need mm. to be playing that for like at least seven days straight. Yeah, for sure. There's, um, yeah, open world games have the unfortunate, like, I suppose, what's the word I'd be looking for? just because you have to put so much time into them, you can't really enjoy them unless you have that time. So usually they'll be relegated for me for like a Christmas game or something I'll play. Yeah. Like Red Dead was my last one. And then I did Spider-Man for a bit. Um, But yeah, I'll be very turned off. Like even, even I got like Ghost of Tsushima, I played for like a week straight and I'm still not finished it. I haven't gone back to it in like two or three weeks and I'm probably going to have forgotten everything that's happened in it. So, um, but I, it by no means will that stop me playing it. I don't think um oh we have a question in chat very nice uh billy has asked what's your thoughts on new world any any thoughts cameron have you given it a go yet because i i've, I've seen a few other people play it but i mean like it just seems like any other MMO, mmo to me yeah connor have you given it a go i haven't touched it i mean i I've, i'm a console gamer i saw when it launched you know obviously you know any mmo launching is going to have server issues um but apart from that i haven't really heard much about it um is it yeah. good i don't know <laughs> sorry billy this is going to be the most quickest answer to a question i've ever had because none of us have played it um <laughs> I, I i've seen a bit of it i know um mike soak who we all know has played a bit of it and i think uh, i don't know if you know do you know kane um cameron kane he would, he would have done, yeah he's yeah, played yeah. a bit of it on stream as well and i've seen a bit from that but outside of all those different bits and pieces i i haven't really been that into it mmos have never really been my thing anyways um they're kind of like I never got into like I suppose RuneScape is an MMO, isn't it? See, my my friend group is pretty much just like, all right, cool, New World's come out. Let's go back to classic RuneScape. Hmm. That's just how they operate. I I yeah, I don't have that much time to put into games, so I have to yeah. choose wisely. And you know, as we as we said, like kind of big open world stuff and MMOs is just like, well, I just don't have time to plug into that. So anything where I can get a mission done. Mm-hmm. and actually get an achievement for getting the mission done so <laughs> go back to what i said earlier don't let me just hang in for achievements but um mm. get a mission done get hop off hop on you know i yeah. think the only thing that i'm aware of with it is they said that those players that grinded out almost immediately like there's not going to be post-game content for quite a while yeah well billy and chat is after saying he sunk 60 hours into it in 10 days so yeah. wow <laughs> be weary cameron has made you has warned you now um the other thing i was gonna say yeah games for me at the moment are very much like either i'll put an hour into it or i'll complete it there's no in between it's like if something hooks me i'll play it because of the such little time i have like if i find a game that like 
it's actually actively making me want to go back and play it i will like cling on to that like like it's nobody's business but if it's not really capturing me i won't bother um and that's not for the sake of it be it's it, it could be a good game like we talked about the witcher the witcher hasn't done that to me so um i don't know there's some there's some meta games that i think people love that i've just never been able to get into though it's just the annoying thing um i want to move on very quickly before we get on to what we've been playing um this is another tidbit of news we saw gta remastered the trilogy being announced this week with a launch trailer and very fun for those uh who are on playstation and xbox because you'll get two of those games for free at some point or another because san andreas is coming to game pass on november 11th i believe when it releases and then yeah. in december for ps now you'll be able to pick up gta 3 on playstation um thoughts have, have any of us actually played the original ones first because i'm going to sound awful if i've been the only person that hasn't played them I've played free at one point in time and I did own San Andreas. Hmm. I I've, don't think I own free. I think I've run around in San Andreas shooting people, getting the cheap for a jetpack and everything. But like, you know, that was back in the day where I was so young I didn't realise GTA had missions, so I thought it was just about shooting hmm. people. <laughs> um how I wish my dad had ever aged at all about that. <laughs> uh i am so hugely excited um because i you know i love crime stuff so mafia uh yakuza anything like that and i you know i've been excited for a new gta you know possibly i keep debating buying gta 5 or you know i wish i could relive gta 4 in some respects because i loved the those campaigns and the dlc um so to have three remastered GTA classics for me to go back and experience for the first time, I'm hugely excited. I, I literally know nothing about the stories or the campaigns of them. Mm. Um, I I can't wait. It looks great. It looks, you know, just like the classics, but updated to be playable now. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah. I think the one thing I really like about the, the sort of the new updated look they have for those games is that they didn't just kind of up res textures it kind of actually looks like they've like the, the cartoon pages ripped mm. off the front covers like it actually looks like that now which i really really like mm. um i know somebody said it looks a bit fortnighty which i can kind of see a little bit uh but i think like it's a ps2 game like <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna look like hyper realistic graphics if they up res it anyways so i well, i quite like it it, it kind of looks like you know that kind of clean um animation style you know it's, it's almost reminiscent of psychonauts 2 which you know is a recent release mm. but just seeing all the all the models look that updated yeah. you know it just looks clean you know it looks like how it, how it, how it should if someone were to like just up res everything mm. i remember there was um i think there was a rumor for a while that it was going to be 70 dollars. i think it's been released revealed it's going to be 60 um yeah i i think that's probably a modest asking price for three remastered games if i'm honest if you if you take it on the comparison yeah if you take it on the comparison that say like alan wake remastered was about 25 you're actually getting it for cheaper so mm-hmm. I, I i'm not too fussed about it if i'm honest and i think it's actually as i've given out about remasters namely like dead space or whatnot because they're not that new in terms of like i suppose what's the word i'm looking for uh like dead space was out in 360 so it's not that old sorry like but with the mm-hmm. these gta games i feel like there's a good audience for it because yes they need a remaster because they look quite old um but also there's an audience like myself who hasn't actually played them before yeah so there is something there to warrant a remaster well people are gonna gonna play it because you know they they'll want it and they'll they'll pay the price um but that's 20 pounds per game um and you know, if you look at something like Lost Judgment, which, you know, is the new game from the Yakuza developers, which, you know, they make huge games and you could get that for, I think, what, 45, 50 pound. Hmm. And it, it just feels like, well, yeah, you're getting three games. I think that it's it's got that kind of rock star stamp of, you know, quality so they can charge 60 for it. But I, I think I'd be happy if it was just 10 under. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested if you actually buy them separately, and what the cost would be. On on the store at the moment, it, the bundle sort of includes the games and the games say uh, not sold separately, 
Um, although when it comes to Game Pass and PS Plus, whether that just serves as a as a kind of taste of one of them to go and buy the full pack, I think that would probably be the smartest mm. business decision. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if the because obviously the new Crisis Remastered trilogy came out recently. Are they all available to be bought separately? I believe yes. so. Yes. Yeah. They they, got they released the first one times, right? Yeah, they released the first one a while back. I think is it just two that's out now, and they're still remastering three. No, I think the, I think I saw they're three. all out. They're all out. Okay. Did I see three on the store? Mm. I think I did. Mm. I I believe so. I know that one of my friends is going through two at the moment, but I thought he had access to three. Yeah, I think the trilogy is out. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of released this GTA trilogy all as like one big package, and then maybe like maybe a couple of months down the line, they then start to split it off into separate bits, maybe kind of coincide it with a sale or something to try and get a bit more attention to it. Um, Cause it seems like, it seems like a missed opportunity, honestly, if they, if they don't kind of have the separate option for people. Cause I, I know a lot of people that would want to just buy San Andreas and not the other well, two. I know for game pass, you'd, you'd try San Andreas. And then when you're done with that, you'd buy the trilogy with the tips it off discount you get for a game pass yeah that would be their hook because mm-hmm. they're not gonna unless they put shark cards into the games which i wouldn't be surprised being rockstar <laughs> but i think if they if they've gone to the i suppose the trouble of having a single game on of the games <laughs> on game pass and a single one on ps now they already have probably the means to just sell each of them separately um mm. so i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if they just utilize that later on down the line i i have to question where they're going next right because mm. if they're developing GTA 6, is it going to be a sequel to, say, San Andreas or Vice City? Because, you know, lots of people have been saying, you know, they'd love the, uh, you know, the VI of Vice City to be like 6 and have GTA Vice or something as mm. a follow-up. Would Wasn't there a rumor going around too that they were incorporating Vice City's map? Yeah, could be, could be. Because doesn't Vice City take place in the 80s? <coughs> so they could technically... Mm um do a follow-up there's been so many rumors about gta 6 over the years though i yeah. just <laughs> i've just i just struggled to keep I, I think i've actually lost like we talked about halo being delayed for a year and having a bit of like fan fatigue over that like this thing has been going on for i don't know how long so at least we're getting something new and it's on yeah. next week <laughs> yeah or oh, uh two weeks or whatever it is yeah three weeks <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a bit yeah i'm at uh, next month yeah. don't mind me um I will, because we're coming on near to the end of the show now, I want to move on very quickly to what we've been playing this week. I'm going to hand it over to Cameron being the guest. I'm going to be a courteous yeah. host and throw it over. I'll, uh, I've got a few. I'll quickly go through them. Um, most of the week I've been doing uh, Game Pass games. Uh, outside of that, I'll go through those ones first. I've been cleaning up the Forza Horizon series that I'm looking to get done before 5 comes out. Uh, Forza Horizon 1, I am just missing the one achievement that needs to... You need to get a save from Motorsport 4 or 3 over from your 360 onto uh, Horizon for loyalty cards. Mm-hmm. It just won't unlock for me. Uh, I've tried to restart the game like three times. It is just not working. So I'm pretty much going to have to spend a full day figuring out why, the, why that's not working. Uh, and two, I need to get 1 million credits in Rivals, uh, which is just competitive racing against your friend's best times and $20 million worth of uh, cars uh, which is just grindy more than anything, and that's done. Uh, Age of Empires 2, I've been playing the new Dawn of the Dukes DLC that came out like a month or two ago. Uh, I mean, it's just more Age of Empires 2. It's really good in terms of the stories for the campaign, and like, there's obviously like a difference from like 20 years ago where you can actually have like population limits of battles of 500 people now compared to 200 back when it was in the year 2000 Hmm. so that's been very good and i've just been addicted to that for like the last two days uh game pass games i've dived uh the good life which is swervy's new game haven't been really fond of it that much the narration reminds me of ringo star quite a bit because it just sounds like the old thomas the tank engine uh narration it's it's very weird and then it's just like it feels like a life simulator that's just had the mechanic of turning into a cat and dog, a cat or dog added on for like, like no explanation in the story or anything. <laughs> it's just really weird. 
which is his game style, but like you guys are both familiar with Swerby. He did uh, D4, Dark Dreams Don't Die. I have He's heard about that, yeah. yeah. Like he does really weird narrative experiences. Hmm. And I love, I love Dark, Dreams, uh, Dark Dreams Don't Die. It was one of my favorite early games on the Xbox One. Uh, this is just really weird though. Um, I played Visage, which is a horror game. Hmm. Um, Not my cup of tea I, then. <laughs> see that I try and play horror games, but I any if it's horror in any medium, I just don't really. I, I don't get scared by it, so I don't really like it. Oh, it must be nice. Must be I, nice. See, I, I looked at Visage and thought, oh, I really like that aesthetic. And I put it down and I downloaded mm. it and put it in one of my groups, but I haven't got around to it yet. So, mm. Like I've got uh, a friend of ours, uh, Mike, that we had on the podcast this morning. She like loved it just for the horror elements. But I'm just like, I was having a conversation with Matt after about it. Like uh, in terms of like movies, stuff like 28 Days Later, like will more so scare me because I can relate that back to like rabies in real life. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it somewhat seems plausible right. if I was going to compare it to something like Resident Evil, for example. Mm-hmm. I like movies that make me think, I like, sorry, I like any form of media that makes me think about it. This is just like, you can kind of see what they're going for, but unless it has like a really strong narrative for me, it's going to bore me. And like, I was poking fun at it. I was, I closed the door on a ghost the other day, uh, which I clipped on Twitter. And I'm just like, oh, ghost went through the door. What did I really expect with that? Like, they're so stupid. Mm. Um, other games I played, the Procession to Cavalry, which also got it uh, added to Game Pass. It is essentially a... Um, point and click adventure in a renaissance kind of painting like that kind of style very funny very monty humor kind of uh, uh monty python kind of humor um it's short experience like an hour to two hours uh and just like you can either play it during the cheat way which is basically just stabbing everybody to advance uh which will get you to the end of the game but not not any further than that um or you can do it the logical way so that was pretty good uh and then the other two i've played were into the pit which is essentially do magic uh and it's really good in terms of how it plays but it doesn't it has ps2 level graphics which was disappointing compared to like what they show off uh what they showed in the trailers for it but like it's still a very addicting game um, and I'm probably going to spend a bit of time cleaning that up. And then the Rift Breaker, which is essentially a defense grid with a, uh, like a Titan that you can, like a Titan similar to the Titanfall, which you can basically walk around and use to help with your resource management. Not too bad. I don't think any of us will have, I think Connor and my games <laughs> this week combined won't even come near to half of those, but no. I, I, I do want to... And I've been one. streaming them quite a bit. Just uh, tr- my my whole thing now is like I want to stream every new game that comes to Game Pass for like a few hours just to mm-hmm. get a feel for it for the community. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I, I loved hearing about Procession to Calvary because I bought that months ago as as a as an indie game that really interested me. I still haven't got around to it, but I I just love the look of it, and I'm saving it for a rainy day sort of thing. Just you know, gonna play through that. Mm-hmm. Connor, do you want to? Tell us what you've been playing this week, then, out of yeah, all the well, amazing time you've had <clears throat> off. Yeah, well, I won't. I won't go just this week because, as I said, I haven't haven't been playing that much at all, really. But over the past few weeks, I've sort of been playing uh, single games one by one, uh, focusing on them. And um, mm-hmm. first one I played, um, I heard someone when the news came out about Crystal Dynamics joining. Um, I think the initiative on uh, Project Dark is it? Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I heard on a podcast someone saying that the Crystal Dynamics did really well by the Tomb Raider games, but then kind of let people down on Avengers. So I I bought like the original Tomb Raider ages ago for like £2 on sale. And I thought, oh, you know what, I'll just give it a try. And I really got into it, really loved it. Um, and then, you know, it, I, I think for the first half, I was thinking this is great. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's 
what I wanted Uncharted to be. The platforming feels great. Combat feels great. I love the bow and arrow and everything. And then by the second half, I was just like, oh, this is getting really repetitive now that you, you know, now, now that I've got all the guns, I just like, yeah. Um, and it was a bit of a slog. And then I've left it there. And I was just like, uh, I don't know if I really want to play more in the sequels. Um, the next game I played after that was Life is Strange True Colors. Uh, I never played a Life is Strange game before, but I went into this one after playing Tell Me Why and Twin Mirror, which were don't nod games that I, I really, really love and enjoyed. Um, loved the kind of narrative focus and, you know, games na- like narrative driven games with choices and, you know, good characters. Um, so this wasn't done by don't nod, but the previous Life is Strange games were. And I just absolutely loved it. Um, I really fell for it. I got really invested. It was like from every character in it, the protagonist especially, it was just, I felt like I was living in the game. All the characters felt so real to me. If you haven't played it, don't look at any trailers. Don't look at any descriptions. Just go buy it, go play it. If you really love strong narrative games, it really is just like a wonderful game that I just thought was fantastic. Um, The only thing is when I got to the end of it, I was so invested in those characters and their journeys that when it ended it, and I got the good ending as well, but it just sort of fizzled out. And it was like, I, you know what? I would have paid to see just a few more scenes with those characters, just to feel like I got some closure with each of them because you had relationships that, threaded through this five chapter story and it's just like you can't just end it there and leave it for my imagination i want to see what happens to these characters um so that that made me like madly um frustrated and it gave you like a choice to make at the end so at the end you make a choice and it impacts kind of what happens to these characters um and Really, there's only one satisfying choice, um, which is not the choice I would have chosen. Uh, so I think for such a fantastic game where you get, I haven't been that immersed in the game for a long time, but to get to the end and it sort of fizzles out, I just like, ah, oh, I wish they did like the Return of the King treatment where it goes on for ages after the, the ending. <laughs> um, and then, as I said, I, you know, I've got my PS4, I've been playing... Um, Marvel Spider-Man by Insomniac, which, uh, you know, when I first turned it on, I thought, oh, this web, web slinging is so convoluted compared to the old Spider-Man games. And then there's like a little bit of a learning curve where you get to know how to use all the kind of dashes and wall running and everything. It, suddenly it just, it feels fantastic. And from the traversal to the combat, it's all just really enjoyable. Um, I don't think a superhero game, uh, can really be criticized for being repetitive they're all going to be repetitive but i think for just how how clean it looks and how well it plays really enjoying that at the moment and i'm expecting the story to go interesting places considering the the setup it has um so yeah really been enjoying that not too bad not too bad um i suppose what have i been looking at this week so this will be significantly shorter than both of you um i played a bit of obviously connor didn't mention but we played a bit of back for blood um and we took a I, I, we played that with callie and uh keegan both from Robot republic and i actually i actually think it's quite good i actually really enjoyed it it's much more difficult than i was expecting it to be um, that was the easiest difficulty yeah i know but that's, that's what i mean like i was surprised at the difficulty level with that alone i don't know if that's just because we're all bad at the game no that what what the developers want is you to master the easy difficulty, uh, you know, unlock cards, play the campaigns once maybe. And then once you've mastered it, go up and like treat the difficulties like a tier thing, I think, because once you unlock more cards, you create and be strategic with your deck. So you can have like a healer, you can have like a tank uh, in your team, and then you can be a lot more uh, cunning and intelligent about how you play. Um, because all those things like the credit uh, system and what you buy and what you spend on and how you manage resources from giving your teammates ammo and everything, it's all it all creates a very strategic um, kind of card-based game. I think it's really interesting. I, th- I think I'm glad that they increased the difficulty of the easiest difficulty because in the beta it was 
way too easy. Mm-hmm. And the next difficulty up was way too punishing. So um, what they've made is like a good starting point. And the more you unlock and the more you get used to the game, there's progression there. Yeah, I, I definitely think you can see the obvious, obvious DNA from Left 4 Dead. And I think that's good, but I don't think it leans on it too much as to the point of where it just feels fan servicey. I think it's actually done quite well. The one problem I do have with the game is that the special infected don't really give any indicators when they're going to attack you at all. So they can just kind of sneak up on you and like, I don't know, one of the boomer style enemies can literally just take you out completely without you even hearing them or knowing where they are, uh, which is something that was like Left 4 Dead prided itself on having really good sound design in that area. Um, so that's something I think maybe could use a bit of a tweak, whether it's to adjust their audio levels or to add the uh, traditional sort of piano cues for those enemies as well. I, I definitely don't think it gets away with um, what Left 4 Dead did as well, because obviously you can you can create a game that isn't heavily story focused and whatever, but you need that sort of thread that binds it all together. And what I loved about Left 4 Dead is, you know, the the movie posters and then you go in and, you know, there's like when you get grappled, there's the spotlights and the opera music. And mm-hmm. at the end, you have the film credits where, you know, in memory of whoever died and whatever, mm-hmm. it was like it was supposed to be a, a cheesy horror film. And that kind of um, framework for the game to exist in felt like such a niche thing, like it gave it character and back for blood. It does the same thing as Left 4 Dead, but it's just like, well, what's that thread that holds it together? I, you know, it just feels like a kind of an almost, mm. I don't want to say lazy, but it's just like, well, yeah, you have this campaign going on and you have these cutscenes, but they don't really matter, you know? Yeah. I just want, want it to have a bit more character than it does. I think the other thing as well with the old, uh, not Resident Evil, all Left 4 Dead games was... Uh, and granted, they are quite old, so this might be a, an unjust criticism, but they were very easy to get into. Uh, whereas I feel like Back for Blood like has a very steep learning curve for anyone starting out. Uh, yeah, I yeah. one thing I'll say is I worry about because my my girlfriend now has a Series S, and we you know we've played Grounded and Halo. Um, if I say okay, let's jump on Back for Blood, I don't know how she's going to get on with that compared to if we just turned on Left for Dead. You know, because she's not going to know what cards to pick or mm. have you, I don't think. I mean, I, I'm not giving her enough credit there, definitely not. Um, but I think it, it's certainly intimidating for someone who isn't predominantly an Xbox player to suddenly get invested in this deck system. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, and especially as well, the hub worlds, I've never liked hub worlds in games. I think they're needlessly convoluted menu screens. I feel like we could just have like a menu and it would be just as fine. No, no, I I like the hub world. I I don't like a menu. Give me give me something like you know you have actual people sitting down that you can go to to buy cards and you have a training range. Like even range. like, but let's be honest. Either they didn't want to commit to it or they thought okay, well we'll have the two options because there is the option to just completely skip that altogether and just go to no, a menu. I, no, I love it. I love it. I I love it when games create like an in-game menu. And you know when me and Callie and Keegan were waiting for you, old, and we were all shooting each other doing like uh, three sixty trick shots with like the Barrett um, in the shooting range while we're waiting for you to join. So you know if we didn't have that, we'd just be sitting going bloody Irish Wi-Fi. <laughs> It, de- it depends on what game it is, though. Like, I'm thinking, like, those kind of hub worlds. Like, it, it reminds me of Outriders and Anthem, which I don't really have good memories of oh, those hub worlds. Those aren't great games to pick anyways, if I'm yeah. honest. <laughs> uh, no hub world in the world could save those. I'm trying um, to think who does it well, though. Um, who does a hub world well? Does Destiny do a good hub world? I don't know. I haven't played Destiny in a while. I feel like Des- like Destiny 1 definitely did. Destiny 2 feels way too complicated for me these days. But yeah. Destiny 1, I spent like 700, 800 hours in. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly move on. The other game I played this week because I saw Noclip, who those of you who don't know, do a lot of video game documentary stuff on YouTube. They're really, really good. You should go check them out. They did a documentary on Death's Door, um, which got me into thinking oh i played that a while back and never finished it so i've started again and i'm like 40 percent of the way through now uh, and i'm absolutely loving it um again another game that I, th- I think i'm slowly realizing that games hook me on their aesthetic more than their actual <laughs> story or whatnot because i love the look of death's door it's very uh it has this weird sort of 
like what's a studio uh, studio ghibli vibe or whatever it is is have i said that right i've probably butchered the name a lot of people say ghibli that's fine yeah i but, say um, ghibli but I, I i've heard ghibli so much that i'm willing to accept that i may i may be wrong yeah i think from what i can garner the story has elements of like actual profound storytelling as well mixed with like just humor which i kind of like as well as very down my alley uh, and once i get to the end of it i'm i'm gonna probably love it even more and probably play it again are you gonna plug a certain review oh yeah of course yeah cameron you did a review for <laughs> I was just on the website yeah oh my god of course what a way how bad am i at like <laughs> plugging my plugging my own website uh yeah go over to gaming-sandbox.com where you can find that article if you're watching this on youtube or listening on spotify it'll be the top link in the description after cameron's socials so uh yeah cameron fair play yeah you did a really good interview on, uh, not interview you did a really good review on it and that actually initially actually made me go out and purchase the game so if that doesn't speak highly is, enough of the review then i don't know what does it is a really good game like even having your discussions matter after like i i honestly think it is close to a game of the year hmm. um but like i i can take the other criticisms on board that matt brought um but i i definitely think it's something that people should definitely go out and play at least once yeah i think i think my problem with and this could just be me being a dumb player sometimes i got lost in the game uh trying to find where i had to go next especially for finding those souls for the doors um is it like a metroidvania it is to a certain yeah a little bit yeah you can you can go to different areas but once you unlock certain abilities it then opens up the map so yeah very sort of metroidvania it's a good mesh of that and then kind of soul to light kind of gameplay because it's not too punishing to where if you die then you have to start all over again this section you actually feel like your progression isn't wasted when you go through a level are you playing through with the umbrella though are you playing through like no i strong weapons no i'm just using the sword um okay i think i have everything unlocked bar one thing i have those uh little what are they the little daggers and i have the the hammer which i don't really like i think it's a bit of it's a bit useless in comparison to the sword um but I am really enjoying it so far. I've just beaten the Witch of Urns um, and I'm onto the Frog okay. King now. So I'm nearly there. So um, I don't know. I absolutely love the design for um, the Lord of Doors, though. I think that's such mm-hmm. a, I just love it. The, the Like the lock for a head and everything. Yeah, no, I'm very big fan of it. Um, I think if you saw my Twitter, I like shared around like the concept art for that game is absolutely phenomenal as well. So like that's well worth the look. Um. So yeah, good thing. Good thing I mentioned an indie game on the Indie Inside podcast, am I right, guys? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think unless there's anything else anyone wants to add, we might wrap up. Anything? Perfect. Okay, Cameron, I'm going to throw it over to you first because I want you to plug all your stuff for the people who maybe haven't heard of Hall of Gamers or what you do over on Twitch as well in your own time. All right. So uh, I run. I sorry. I co-host and produce a podcast called Hall of Gamers, which is about cheap hunting or just gamers that like to, I guess, hunt in their own way, whether it be completions, whether it be uh, going for really difficult achievements, uh, whether they just want to play like insane hours in Forza Horizon like myself. Um, so we're over on Twitch on Friday nights or Saturday mornings, AEDT, depending on what guests we're getting on that week. Uh, otherwise, you can follow me at Shadowless Edge on Twitter, uh, at Xbox or on TA. Uh, where I usually just create graphics and stuff like that. Very nice. Connor, do you want to plug anything or will I just plug all our stuff? Uh, I do want to plug the Gaming Sandbox Discord, um, which will be a link, you know, on our YouTube or wherever you can get it. But if you've played Life is Strange True Colors, come talk to me about it because I'm aching to talk to someone about it. Um, (laughs) Matt, Matt is at the moment. I really want to play it, but I'm waiting for a price drop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No definitely come in the hop in the discord start a discussion about it um yeah love to see you there um i suppose i'll finish off and i'll do the main awful bit that everyone hates me going through everything but thankfully with the new layout we actually have all our socials to my left and to your right uh you can find us on twitter at the podcast at indian site underscore on twitter at gaming sandbox underscore for our actual website where we do all our written reviews and all that uh instagram at gaming sandbox underscore as well and on facebook it's just at gaming sandbox um if you want to catch us hopefully we'll be doing these weekly live you can catch us on twitch.tv slash johnson underscore gs 
um, where we also stream just whatever games we're playing at the moment. Typically tends to be with Robot Republic, who have uh, said a lot of awful things about us. So I think I'm contractually obliged to say they're scum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, outside of that, let me think, is there anything else I can chill oh yeah the website itself i suppose probably gaming-sandbox.com we also do have a patreon as well which i do want to point out uh which is something that actually helps us keep the lights on for whatever we, we have two patrons at the moment we're trying to grow that up hopefully to five five would be a nice goal to get uh because it helps you know support costs for the website each year we go by and also for different bits and pieces we do our monthly giveaways on twitter so that all comes a very big hat that all oh god english words website yeah that all comes in handy if you can spare a few cents um but then after that as well if you want to catch uh, either myself or connor over on our personal twitters as well i'm at Aldrin johnson connor i believe is at connor smith gs if i'm correct in saying that yeah um but yeah i think that's everything uh thank you all so much for coming out this week um if you want to catch the full episode or if you're not at the moment it'll be over on youtube after this if you've missed out on any of our discussion i'll also have it made live on the twitch channel as well so without further ado Go out and enjoy your games this week. We'll see you all again here next week, probably at a more reasonable hour. Um, and we appreciate it. So thank you so much.